I don't know if this is the Pisces Sun or the Enneagram 3 or the combination of all of thing all of the things that are me, but I realized that I can't parade around my extroversion. Well, I can, but I can't rely on it as a mechanism to connect with people because I realized that part of who I am, which I used to call being a, being a chameleon, which I always considered a good thing, is actually more mimicry. And I know that you know, you're an amalgamation of all the people you spend the most time with or whatever that phrase is. But I think inherently, I take that to another level. And if I spend too much time with people that don't see me for who I am, I take on too many of their traits and I become tipped over and I completely lose myself. And once those people are removed and I'm forced into spending time by myself, I don't even know what I'm looking at anymore. And I'm uncomfortable and I'm frankly just not in love with what I see. And I think that I use extroversion as a crutch and always think that I need to be around people and absorb their energies and all this kind of stuff. And that's why I'm always happy when I'm around other people, like because I'm experiencing their energies. But no, actually, when I, when I do that and I take away my own personal time, I just become just lost, like float through space. And I don't understand how to look in the mirror and spend that time with myself because I don't know who I am. And I have to selectively choose to spend time with myself. I have to make that a commitment. And that's still... I think a form of extroversion because now I'm just calling upon myself and I want to spend time with myself and experience my own energy. And if I don't take the time to do that, I lose and dim my own flame. And the more I choose to spend time with myself, the happier I become because I... We're here, Erica. (laughs) We're doing it. We're doing this. Um, this is, this is fun. I mean, I don't even know how to intro this. Like we were just talking about, we're, we're figuring things out as we go. Um, Erica and I like to send each other voice memos all the time. (laughs) I think it's a love language. We might've invented one (laughs) voice memos. Um, and we got this like crazy idea that when we start sending each other voice memos, we don't always know what's going to happen. We just send things. Um, and it might be about like a completely different topic, but then all of a sudden it spurs some kind of inspiration and thought in the other person. And we just lose our shit basically. Um, and Erica one day was like, why aren't we just recording this? Like it, like every conversation we ever have should just be recorded for future use. (laughs) Um, but we were like, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We had talked about it. And then 
we're like, yeah, we're going to do it. Like, let's just make a podcast. You don't know what it's going to look like, but it'll just be like our voice memos back and forth, whatever that means. And then the other day I recorded this voice memo and it was one that I had sent to myself. Cause I like to do that all the time. Um, and I actually took like a screenshot of the current voice memos to myself and I posted it on my very super top secret Instagram. That's not really that secret whatsoever. <laughs> and Erica sent me a message and was like, of, of all of the things on the list, because there were like 10 things and I label my voice memo. So at least you can get a taste of what they are. She sends me a text and she's like, I need to listen to this one. She's like, I send me that right now. So it was the extroverts needing space met voice memo, which you heard which also ends abruptly because I'm fairly certain that Erica called me <laughs> when I was recording. Cause the only way that voice memo stop is if you actually get a legit phone call. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that Erica called me. And that's why that one ended so abruptly. Um, but she was just like, yes. And, and she was like, we, we gotta do this. We have to talk about this. So, yeah, I, so I, I just feel like I need to, also address why these voice memos I feel like have been so special is that, I mean, both of us had started that process of trying to speak out loud and process what we've been thinking, what we've been experiencing, because, you know, each of us had gone into very personal deep dives um, for different reasons, um, but it's been affecting us like obviously personally and as entrepreneurs, like all of this, right? And our ability to talk through those things was just so much, I, I mean, for me, I always got so much more out of talking it out loud instead of just journaling and like doing it in different mm -hmm. modes. And oh my God, when I started doing voice memos, but recording them as if I was talking to you or as if I was talking to our other friend, Erica, um, so much more came out of me because I really wanted you to be there with me and like understand what I was going through. And, um, and Brittany and I found back and forth that like, you don't even have to respond to this voice memo. Like I'm just yeah. going to send it to you because, um, because it just helps me so much just being able to put it into words and formulate it in a way that it's like, I'm no longer holding on to this alone. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I'm putting it out there and, what's been so amazing is like every time I've received a voice memo from you or vice versa. And it's been one of those things where it's like, I don't have any expectations. I just need to get this out there. I just need to speak my truth. And I know that this person is safe and I want to send it off into the world, maybe to this person. And it's like, every time that it's been one of those messages, whether it's been from me or I've received one from you, those have, those have been just the fucking best. Like, yeah. <laughs> like not only have they been like, what's amazing is they're always really timely. Like it's something that yes. I was like, right. Uh -huh. It's <laughs> like, so it, weird. It was either something that I was experiencing yesterday or a week ago or something that I was feeling that day. And I was like, oh my God, or maybe like in this, in the case of this recording, I had been feeling my whole life and I'd never been able to put words to it and you did and you being able to put words to it for me was like oh like it gave me so much so the importance of these voice memos and the reason that we decided like we have to be sharing this with other people is because by sharing it with just people that 
like in my safe space and I don't trust a ton of people, <laughs> but like <laughs> you're, you're a person that I just feel so safe with. So being able to share that, like, I know that we gave each other so much and I'm like, mm-hmm. why, if there are other people that can benefit from this, like we were always, it always just sunk up, you know, like, yeah. <sighs> and sometimes it's funny that you mentioned timing because a lot of the times when you send me a voice memo, it's actually the opposite for me. I maybe had not been thinking about X, Y, or Z. And then all of a sudden, you know, actually maybe it's more an awareness thing. Maybe it was always there, but as soon as you say it out loud, I'm like, Oh my God, there it is. There it is again. And like, there it is again. Holy shit. Like it's like all, and not like an obsessive way, but it's all consuming. Like all of a sudden it's just everything. <laughs> and I'm I like, feel like- what? Yes. And it's, I, so for me, I feel like you and I have such a, a connection and like, because we built such a safe space with one another, when we come to each other without expectation or we're just being vulnerable because we're so similar. And as we'll probably talk about, um, energetically, we're very, <laughs> we're very <laughs> similar in our, there's, we have a lot of, um, complimentary, energies like in our in our natal charts um but because of that we're like a mirror for each other so mm-hmm. like god there are some times that you show me things and I'm like no I don't want to look at that like I don't yeah. know like right? <laughs> you know what I mean? and, and but there are other times that I'm like oh that's how I needed to see that right mm-hmm. like I needed to hear it or see it in that way and I couldn't do that for myself but you could do that for me you know no. and God, it's just the best. So spoiler alert, this podcast is just a love letter back and forth to each other. (laughs) It's basically just how obsessed uh, we are with each other. And that's, sorry, that's what you signed up for if you're listening. (laughs) But I should hope that any one person listening to this podcast could have the same kind of friendship. (laughs) Seriously, (laughs) we should just talk about that one day, about how in our late 20s, our ideas of friendship were one way. And then once we were brought into each other's lives, it was, it was all of a sudden non-negotiable what a friendship looked like. Right. Like, and oh, and you know exactly what kind of boundaries you want to place because mm-hmm. you say, wow, I accepted, I, I accepted before, right? Yep. And, um, yeah. <laughs> wow. It's actually, I feel like that's kind of like a good segue to actually talking about the topic because so in the voice memo, I kind of talk about how being an extrovert, like why I recorded it was I actually, at the start of this year, I decided to take some time off from most friends, uh, definitely from seeing people in person and even connecting with people digitally. I was setting a lot more boundaries than I ever had. Uh, not because I didn't want to talk to people because yes, I am an extrovert, but it just felt like it was something I needed to do. And it was really hard when I first did it. I was used to seeing people multiple times a week and constantly, like I would, anytime I had a spare moment, I would try to call somebody and try to talk to somebody and just see what's going on in person wise life. And it was the first time that I just took so much space for myself. And when I recorded that voice memo, I was finally starting to see why, because as much as I love my friends and as much as I used to think, oh, you know, 
obviously that like adage is true of the five people you spend the most time with is is reflected in you and and that's kind of how you show up sometimes but for me it was it's only ever how I show up is as other people and I liked being adaptable and being able to change that was really fun at first until now I just continually also realize that I lose my own identity and that if one of the five people I don't choose to spend the most time with is myself if I'm not one of those five people then I am losing every ounce of me and it's not a it's not a scary thing either like it's more just an awareness of like wow like I finally opened my eyes of I have to choose to spend time with myself because if I don't I don't know who I am yes (laughs) oh I when I listened to that to that voice memo so I mean, I had a lot of things that I really reflected on that I, I just like, couldn't put words to. And for me, your, your words of like becoming a chameleon was something that I was, I was so proud of because Mm. it's what made me like this extrovert that I was so boastful about. Like I'm the loudest personality in the room. Like I'm the life of the party. I'm like, I bring this energy. Right. And, but a lot of that for me was built because I, I moved so much as a child. Like I, um, you know, everybody has their story and, you know, mine was that my family moved a lot. And there was a period of time where my family moved 14, 16 times in a matter of eight, eight years, eight or nine years. So because we moved so much, I had to adapt, right? Like, and I was younger So it was, it was a game for me and I actually liked it. Like I, I -hmm. liked going to, I'm like, you know, let them try to push me away. (laughs) I'll make them like me. Um, but you actually had said to me at one point too, the way you phrase it, you're like, you would walk up to people and be like, hi, I'm Erica. And now I'm your friend. (laughs) We're friends now, whether you like it or not, we're friends. That was, that was it. I like chose my people. I'm like, no, this is it. Like, (laughs) I'm going to make this. And now I'm like, of course I was a manifester. Like, that's what I was doing. (laughs) (laughs) but, um, but it served me and I didn't, I didn't ever see it that part of my extroversion as draining to me until you put it that way. And when you said that, like you were a chameleon in that way, but it was like losing yourself, it really turned me back to this huge realization I had, um, I'm sure we're going to like talk about this probably more in the podcast, but if anybody doesn't know what the Enneagram is, go like, you got to go do it. <laughs> um, so I, I kind of had like a, a little bit of an identity crisis these last like 10 years back and forth because I was doing self-work and the more I learned about my Enneagram eightness, it was like, oh, my intense energy is turning people off. I need to do something about that. And then I, you know, my chameleon because I ha- I was so good at attuning to other people because of this chameleon extroversion nature I was like I'm gonna use that I'm gonna use that tool mm-hmm. and I'm gonna be who people need me to be and of course I was fucking burnout I was auditing myself around all kinds of people being a chameleon and never being my true self and not feeling safe enough to be myself And I was completely drained and I was bitter. I was resentful. I feel like my relationships were not at all where, like with myself, where it needed to be. And 
I didn't. And like you said, that extrovert part of me was making me lose sight of who I really was because at that point I was like, oh man, I've been hurting people with my energy. So then I like overcorrected. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it's interesting hearing you say that too, because at the beginning of voice memo, I said, is this my Enneagram three? Like, that's like what I pinned it on. Right. And it's funny that you're like, oh, it was my Enneagram eight. So maybe it has something to do with Enneagram. Maybe it doesn't, except also I know that Erica and I's spiritual makeup <laughs> and things that we connect on and things that were different, you know, Erica being a fire sign, a fire rising sign, this, it makes sense to me when I hear her say things like that, where she's like, I will just change and I, I will adapt because myself as a water sign, as a, as a sun water sign, I go with the flow is my name. Like that's all that I do. And it wasn't like, I didn't even have any awareness of what I was doing. So it's interesting that you're like, oh, I knew what was happening and I knew I needed to change and I knew I needed to be better or be different, not better mm -hmm. necessarily, but I needed to be different to connect with these people. I had no idea. I was like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like, this is, this is who I am in this space. And this is who I am in this space. And I think that's why growing up, I also had just, I had pockets of friends mm -hmm. and, it, and it became more intense as I got older. I just, had people that I talked to about certain things, people I did certain activities with, and it was fine. Cause it was just pieces of me just all scattered. Mm -hmm. And it's what I was so used to because I, I was go with the flow. I didn't need to push my agenda. Not that I feel like I do push my agenda, but if I'm with group of friends, a, I know we're never going to talk about topic X mm -hmm. and that's fine. And, and I saw nothing wrong with that. And I didn't even have awareness of it until truly probably until I started becoming friends with Erica and realizing what a friendship, like a wholesome friendship is. And I also, if anyone's listening and you feel like you do any of these behaviors, I don't think Erica and I are trying to say that any of them are wrong. That's not, that's not, I don't want anyone to feel like it's a bad thing to be a chameleon or you should change your mind or do this or whatever, but it's just where we came to this con conclusions for ourselves. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because, um, the last thing that I just like, I know like you, you need to finish what you were saying, but I, without that word chameleon, like it was, you gave me an awareness that I hadn't seen it in that light before. And I realized mm. why I, but, but I could feel that way and also simultaneously be so grateful for it. I am so, I yeah. am so grateful for that, mm -hmm. what that has done for me in my life. And that, um, because I don't, it helped me to survive at other times. It helped me to thrive at others. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I'm not ashamed of that at all. I, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And exactly that too, because I was going to say, Erica's the one that actually introduced me to the Enneagram and love and workbook. <laughs> and she would read me parts of the, the eight chapter sometimes. And cause sometimes I think you're much better at articulating what's going on in your head right now. But I, even like a year ago, I think you would read parts of that book when you didn't know how to explain it yourself. You're like, I just, I'll read this to you. And, and that's who I am. Like, and I, which is perfectly fine. Right. Yeah. So when you were doing that, I was like, I'm buying this book. Like she's so connected to it. Like I'm buying it. And I mean, I'm an Enneagram three wing four, four wing three, depending on the day, but I still feel like when it comes to truly the, the Enneagram part, I think I identify with the three. Whereas like the reason I identify with four is because that's my whole Aquarian part of my chart is like, I gotta be as different as humanly possible. But so I bought that book and I opened it up the first day I got it. I was like, this is gonna be great. Like, I can't wait to read it. That book is not 
meant to make you feel good. Oh, like God, that is no. not a feel good read. <laughs> no, I mean, so intense. No, it, I'm so glad you said that. So <laughs> the first thing, um, okay. I need to say this. If you are listening to this podcast for the like three of you who might listen <laughs> to it, <laughs> if you don't know anything about astrology, Enneagram, we just got into this stuff at a level that like we are like so recently. So yeah, like, and, and this podcast is not about those things specifically as much as like, I'm sure that we'll drop something sometimes that like, we just want more. These are just tools for us to ask yes. questions of ourselves. Yes. And you don't have to know things at that deep level um, to even get, you know, what we're, it's just more what's helped us. Right. And maybe we yeah. could share more of those resources and tools if um, anybody needs them, but um, you know, something that you were saying about that book, like the Enneagram and love and work. So something you learn about yourself is that you have blind spots and a huge blind spot for me is, um, is social. I have a really hard time understanding how my energy impacts other people and like those kind of socially things. But my human design has taught me your profile is like what your conscious personality is. I'm an investigator. So I don't know innately best. I have to research it. So that's yeah. why that book for me, like that book, I was like, Ooh, this is me. This is my personality. <laughs> like I couldn't just innately know that. And I, mm. it feels, I used to have such guilt because like there are people who are like, Oh yeah. Like you don't know that about yourself. And I was like, no. And I thought there was something wrong with me, but that was just not my design. Like that wasn't my design. Yeah. I have to like research it a little bit and then I connect it. So like you brought that into real life for me, like in that voice memo, right? Like I had learned yeah. about it but until you shared it in that real life way. I was like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, that's interesting. I never thought about it that way. Cause it's, it's, it's funny. I don't know what part of my person, this is a lot of things time. A lot of the time too, I'm like, I don't know what part of me makes this happen. It's just part of me, but I, it's not that I run away from a challenge, but I run away from mirrors. I think Mm. is honestly what I have a hard time with. So when I opened that book and I started reading, I was like, Nope, no, 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 no. And no, and no. And then no again. And then I would try like a week later and I'm like, Nope, still no, like not a chance, not a chance, not a chance. And so I actually, again, because this beginning of this year, I'm taking a lot of time for myself. I'm like, what's the worst that's going to happen? It's a book. I I, I want to read some of it. Right. And I was feeling actually, I think this might've been at the end of last year, but I was feeling like a little off and I was like, now I'm not going to the book for an answer. I'm just curious. Like it was the first time I was like, I just want to open this up and I want to see what I am going to read. And the line that still sticks out with me is that as an Enneagram three, I don't know what love or not, maybe not an emotion, but I don't know what love looks like in action. Mm. And all I do is mimic what I see happening to other people. That's it. Like that's my entire life is like, I see someone else in love. I pull a piece out of it. I see someone else in love. I pull a piece out of it. And I just like put those things together. And that's, that's how I developed my version of love. And when I first read that, I was like, I was more confused than anything. I was like, is that real? And I realized why I was confused is because that's exactly what I do. And I was like, wait, other people don't think like that. Like, how would you know what it feels like to be in love if you didn't see somebody else right in love? Oh, yes. I, yes. So 
this, this reminds me like, not to, I, I don't want to, oh, oh my God. Like, do you know that realization that you had when you were younger, when somebody like had helped you to understand that not everybody perceives color in the same way that you do? Like, mm. you're like, oh man, not, it's not all the same. Like it could be different. And when you make those realizations, like, wait, not everybody thinks that way. Does that make me wrong? Right. So yes. exactly what you were just saying, like me being an investigator, like I don't just innately know how it's supposed to feel in my body, like, or how my brain works or like, I have to research it. Like I can't even just experience it and put, make those connections. Mm-hmm. Oh man, there's something wrong with me. Right. Like, mm-hmm. And because here's the problem with the y'all, if you don't know anything about the Enneagram and especially that book that Brittany, Brittany is referencing <laughs> the, the Enneagram and love and work, some Enneagram resources and the Enneagram in general, it scared the hell out of me when I first started reading it, because on the surface, when you first read it, you are, I am telling you right now, you have likely been probably tipped over and, or an unhealthy version of your number mm. for a long period of time by the time you find this stuff, because if you found this tool, that means you are on a self-development journey. You wouldn't find it otherwise, right? You're connecting to those kinds of things. So that means you've probably been in a dark place. So when you first find it and you read these unhealthy things and basically the Enneagram's like, Hey, Brittany, here's all your shit. You ready to deal with it? (laughs) Literally everything. That's literally, that's, that's really what's going on here. And if you are not willing to deal with it, you're like, nope, like, I'm not Mm -hmm. going to that. like, F this, this is stupid. But you guys, like for me, and this is, everybody is going to see, especially when you do any deep dives into your energy type, your Enneagram, your your Zodiac, your whatever it is. I used to hear people who were in this world, like spiritual workers or energy readers or whatever the heck they would say, there is no, like, you wish you had another design. You wish you were a different Mm. energy type. You wish you were a different Enneagram type because they all seem better to you because you don't pay attention to all the negatives, like on that side, right? All, you know, are yours and anything is better than what you're experiencing right now. Like, and she goes, and I remember one, this one woman saying in particular, um, everybody thinks that there's a superior energy type or like a, like, oh man, to be a, to be a fire sign, to be, to be a, a, you know, an air sign, like all, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, you always think that there's something superior. And she's like, the best kind is the kind is your kind that's aligned. Like when when you are aware of yourself and your alignment, like you are the most powerful, not, not any particular one. Right. And like, I think about the beginning of my self-development journey with some of these tools and these resources. And I remember reading about Enneagram eight, and I'm not kidding you. I like, cause they'll tell you, like, you know how it'll be like, oh, other Aries signs. Like here, here's mm-hmm. celebrities who are other whatevers. I always saw the bad guys. Like I would see the names on there and I'd be like, oh yeah. Like, like Hitler is an Enneagram eight. So to let you guys know <laughs> to what, to what level a tipped over unhealthy eight could go, I would wake up in the morning being like, Hey Erica, if you don't do self-care, you could be Hitler. So good luck with that. <laughs> oh my right? Lord. Like, that's how I, <laughs> that's intense. But, but that's Right. That's the beginning. Though, right. Like that's, that's like early on where I'm just like, well, <laughs> this is, this is what I've been dealt with. Thanks universe. Like, mm. 
You know what That's I mean? That's funny. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, this is like, okay, sorry. This is so typical of Eric and I too. Like we start on one topic and now I'm like, okay, now we're just all over the place, but it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all, but circling back though, too, like it was just really like the mimicry thing. And I think I, I'm pretty sure I said that in the voice memo, Yeah, like understanding that about myself now that it's, it's less about for me could be a different experience for you, but for me, it's less about when I'm an extrovert, I don't, I don't borrow people's energy. I absorb it and Mm -hmm. I just mirror it back because what I like, what I see, it's what I do. Mm -hmm. And that's why I have a tendency to lose myself if I don't actively choose to, to spend time with myself. And I think that was something that I just had to realize because, you know, when I first moved to Portland, I had no choice. I was by myself. I didn't know anybody. Right. And I was good. And people would check in on me all the time, not from a bad perspective, but just like, oh, how are things going? How are things like, are you okay? And I was like, actually I'm thriving. I'm having a great time. (laughs) And there was a series of like, this was my, this was my entire plan when I moved to Portland was get dog, get friends date, like in that order. And it was like a week later, I had a dog three months in, I had a group of friends. And then I was dating six months after being here, something like that. And it's like, I, I was like killing it. Like I really was like in alignment on fire at the beginning of 2020, everything like that. And then things really started to fall apart when I, I did not choose to spend time with myself at all. And I was trying to explain this to one of my friends of like, I just, I don't know how to be alone. Right. And I had lost sight of what, what it looks like to be alone versus be lonely Mm-hmm. And confusing those two things, because again, I didn't know who I was or what, what I was doing. So if I'm left with just my energy, mm. what do I do? And if my energy is stifled, then no, should I feel lonely? Because mm. I'm not even showing up as a person for myself. So yeah. obviously, right. Yeah. And it was something that just took some time. It was just like finally having the awareness of, I just, I just need to know like that that's my tendency and there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just knowing that that's how I'm, how I respond and how I act. And it's all of a sudden made things so much clearer and so much easier. So yes. Oh God. I just like, I feel everything you say, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm an aid and that's, that's what happens with AIDS. Um, so at the beginning of the pandemic, this, the pandemic is really what taught me what an introvert versus an extrovert actually, mm. right? I used to think that it meant uh, you're outgoing or you're not. Like it's literally, yep. bad, right? And then I I learned very quickly, um, you know, people were sharing those memes like, hey, introverts, check on your extrovert friends. We're not okay. And I was <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> um, they, they're not wrong. Um, and then I remember watching a video from Simon Sinek, who I just like... I, I'll watch anything that man puts on video. Like he's just, he's magnetizing to watch, but he talked about an extrovert versus an introvert. And he explains it that an introvert starts their day with five coins. And every time they have an interaction, they give a coin away. An extrovert starts their day with zero coins or maybe a coin from yesterday, but they gain coins throughout the day by their interactions with people. And that helped me that like really spurred more, but 
I believe, I think it was you shared this, this idea that, and I liked it so much more that instead of having like a set number of coins, that this energy is just recycled. Mm-hmm. And, and as an extrovert, there's nothing wrong with me that I don't automatically have that energy innately in me all the time that I share it with other people and I borrow it from others. And like, I, they share it with me, but like, there are other times as an extrovert, because I am that way, if I'm in alignment and I'm jiving, I am the life of the party. And like, mm. yes, like I can, I can light that fire for other people, but there are sometimes like, I need that energy shared with me. And as an extrovert, like that's not wrong, you know? And I, I used to feel so like, why is it that I'm either on or I'm off? Like I want to be around all the people or none of the people. And, you know, all of that experience and learning more about extroversion in that way and hearing you share it in that way of like recycled energy and that, um, and that sometimes like when you're absorbing that, like you're, you're holding on to energy that you're not meant to have all the time, right? Like you're holding on somebody else's energy a little bit. Right. And you need time to discharge that to like get back to your own stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Like we can't, yeah. we can't, because that I love that you said stagnant, like it's stagnant energy, because when you learn more about human design too, like you get like, oh, this energy is not mine. Like I'm not mm-hmm. meant to just like have this stagnant energy. And, um, so for me, I think we all need to learn how to move that energy. Um, mm-hmm. whether you're into whatever it is you're into, like the fact is there's sometimes if you're just stuck and you're literally feeling stuck, like your thoughts, your emotions, you're like, Oh, like, I just don't want to feel like this. You're stuck and your energy is stuck. So what can you do to move it? And everybody has a different, like, you know, we learned voice memos, like is a way of moving through some of that. Um, me, I know like physically moving my body there sometimes that I don't want to, and I feel stuck and stagnant. I'm like, the only way I'm going to move this is by moving my body. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that looks different for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's funny. I, I didn't think about the actual, like moving it out piece. And I think, and I'd be interested to hear what you think too, but one of the things that I still struggle with as nearly 29 year old person is toxic people. Mm. And sometimes feeling like I have no choice, sometimes having a choice and still knowing, and maybe this is the Pisces in me, like there isn't some, there is inherently good in every person. And I see it. Like, I don't ever lose sight of that. Even if I get a little snippy and short sometimes, even if I get a little Scorpio stinger sometimes, (laughs) ultimately, like I, I know that there's like good in everybody. And so conscious choice or not, there are still toxic people or environments in my life. And they absolutely, it's interesting. I'm going to start rephrasing it because I would used to say that they would drain me. That's not true. I don't, I'm not losing other energies, but I'm stagnant now. Like now I have that and it's locked in me and I have to find a way to move it out or I'm going to start letting that toxic energy affect me. Mm -hmm. Like I have that barrier now where it's like, you're not going to ruin my day. Like I know that, like you're not going to take away the good energy parts of me. But I also know that I, I have these feelings that I feel sad about this, or I feel whatever, like, you know, I still have some kind of visceral reaction to that kind of negative energy because it's sitting there. Yes. And I haven't moved it out. Yes. That's like, so 
whether if you've even heard of human design or not at all, like, so not at all, just think about this, like with energy, if you know nothing about, you know, these kinds of energies or this stuff that we're talking about, like, think about everybody has a family member or a person in their life that is just like a dementor, right? Like, like an energy <laughs> dementor, right? Like a energy sucker and, and not, and just like, it's just a sad energy. It's, or, or it's a, or it's just a, whatever it is. And like, even if it's, it's not the person's fault, it just, you know, mm -hmm. it is what it is. And like, or it's a family member or whatever. And you know what it feels like to be in that energy, right? You're like, I'm going to be there. I love them. But like, I can only do it for so long. <laughs> but yeah. There's versus somebody, I don't like, let's go the complete opposite. Like somebody who's a, a motivational speaker who you would pay to be in a mindset program. And you're like, oh, like I want to be around their energy. Like you take on those things. And in human design, we have certain centers that are related to the chakras where if you have an open center and mine is like my mind, basically those, mm -hmm. those spots that are up there, those are open for me. So I absorb whatever is around me, whoever has that energy defined innately in their chart. So if I'm around those people who are thinking those things and have that energy and it gets stagnant in me, what the hell do I do? Like it's, mm. if I'm around it more, right. But like versus people who help me to move that energy or give me something different, like that's why it's so important. Like, I think it was such a beautiful thing that all of like you and I had experienced extroversion in that way of like having different pockets of groups of friends, because, um, yeah, like we were able to kind of exchange that energy back and forth and like, understand what that could feel like and what we like and what we don't like. Mm -hmm. And, but, but setting those boundaries though, um, like getting back to that, it's especially as an extrovert is so hard because, no matter where you are, if you're an introvert versus an extrovert, we, we attract each other, right? Like there's, um, there's a balancing act in that way. I'm, I am very extroverted, but I have many friends who are introverted because we do like balance each other out in that mm -hmm. way. And, um, and when I think about setting boundaries, I've just learned that no matter what kind of boundary I'm setting, whether it's a hard, fast, like, no, I am this is a permanent boundary that I'm setting and I no longer wish to engage in this relationship, mm -hmm. which I have had to do. Like I have with, I I've had to do in my life and with people that I've known for a long time. And it, it has been very hard. Um, but whether you're putting that hard and fast boundary, or I found like, no matter what I do, I'm doing it with love. But the other boundary that I've set more often is like, listen, I've learned so much about myself and it's not that I'm, you know, you're wrong, I'm right, or anything. It's just, mm. this is my energy. And this is how your energy impacts me, or this is how this has impacted me. And I've, I've come to understand that, like, I just don't like how it makes me feel. And, and, and I don't feel like I'm my best self, or, or I feel like in, in my particular case, um, I feel that I, I have to audit so much. It doesn't feel like a safe space for me or you have to be so careful about how you word these things. Right. Like, and because I, mm -hmm. want, what I've learned more than anything, when it comes to setting these boundaries, especially when it's with somebody that you've had a, some sort of connection with, or you love, and you know, that maybe they, with their energy, the way things are like you, you never want, you always want to do it with love. Cause you don't want to hurt them. Right. Like you, 
I always want to give them that space to understand, I guess. And I want to give them that space to say, like, this is how it impacts me and how it makes me feel. That doesn't mean that it's that you're wrong. And it doesn't, it, it means that the way things were doing, were going was just not healthy for me. But if that changes it, like, if that changes mm -hmm. great, mm -hmm. right? Like I, I would welcome that, but I just, I can't continue the way it was. Do you know what I mean? Like still leave an opportunity and space for growth. Yeah. But if that person's unwilling and they're like, no, I, I don't want to change. I like who I am. Like, right. Like, but if a really good friend to me pointed out to me that there were things that I was doing that was, that was hurting other people or that was, or was making them feel unsafe or unhealthy, like Brittany, your friendship with me, like I, I don't think I would ever have to say that to you, but if I were like, <laughs> like, Hey, um, you know, this, what, like, I, I would never make you feel bad for being you, but I would challenge mm -hmm. you when you were doing things that weren't in alignment with your best self. And I have, and you accept me for that. Right. Yes. <laughs> for punching me in my throat. Yes. <laughs> but I, but I've had people in my life who don't respond well to that. And I've, yeah. I've quickly realized I'm like, Hey, you know what, Erica, you don't have to feel bad for who being who you are. But the fact of the matter is if like that makes them uncomfortable, like I have to be willing to accept and understand that there are people who are not going to like jive with my energy the way that I want them to. And that's mm -hmm. okay. Right. <laughs> like, but they're just not my people to that level. Right. Like yeah. to that, that level of intimacy or whatever that looks like. Yeah. It's like crazy that you're saying this too, because I struggle with boundaries still. Um, but I I'm realizing it as you're saying it, one of those reasons, one of the reasons why it's so hard for me to, like, I want to have those conversations with people and I've talked to you about this and you've said, here's what you can do. Like you can make it a non-negotiable. Here's the things that you need and the door is open, but it's just not negotiable. Like, it's just like here, this is my list. Right. Mm -hmm. And like I was saying earlier in this podcast, because I have such in innate ability to see other people's point of views, mm -hmm. to see the good in other people that I, it's so hard for me to ever, like, I project my boundary onto that person and it feels like I'm pointing out their flaws. Like mm -hmm. that's why boundaries are so hard for me is because it's not even about me. It's, I don't want you to feel and I know this is the whole thing about boundaries. It's not my responsibility how somebody else responds, but because of my makeup, that's all that I see. Right. And it's like, I would rather not put up the boundary and bear the brunt of that than make ever make any, make someone else feel Hurt. poorly based on my boundary. <laughs> yes. I, I, I totally, I, I love see and respect everything that you're saying. But as in, as your challenger eight friend, oh, challenge me, baby. I, I, I have, here's what I have to say is that if you have to actively self audit around somebody who you love, respect, and trust, that means you are not being your authentic self with them. Right. And if that's the case, are you then saying that you're completely willing to sacrifice your authentic self around somebody for what period of time and what kind of energy and basically pretend to be somebody different. So of course they're going to be upset at some point and be like, wait, you're upset about, you're mm -hmm. upset that about our dynamic 
Like it's been like this the whole time. Why all of a sudden are you upset about it? Because you never told them in the first place because you never set that boundary in the first place. And now you're bitter and upset about it. And now you're sharing that boundary. And the person's like, what the hell? Mm. So as the person setting the boundary, you have to be willing to understand and accept that people are not going to be happy about it. In fact, they are probably going to take it very personally. And you Mm. have to say like, listen, especially when you're doing this kind of work, like, you know, I, there, there will be many episodes later, um, to talk about the deep dives that Brittany and I have done in, you know, self-awareness and therapy, (laughs) whatever we feel comfortable sharing, Mm -hmm. especially when you're in that space of self-discovery and we all go through different seasons of this. I think that the people in your circle like in the people in my circle had better be willing to understand that if I send them a message and I'm like, listen, I'm working through some things right now that are 100% me and I just need some space and it has nothing to do with you. I love you. But if I'm not as responsive as I normally am, like, just know that I'm going through these things right now and I, I, everything is fine, but I promise I'll reach out to you. Like if I blah, blah, mm. blah, and I, I'm going to be there for you. I'm just may not be as present as I have been. And I, I so love you and appreciate you for understanding and seeing me and just leave it there. Mm. Like if I sent that message to anybody in my life now, they would be like, I love you. I respect you. And that's awesome. Kick ass. If I had sent that message two years ago, three years ago, any other time in my life, it would not be received well. Yeah. My lack of boundary setting initially. Right. Can I ask you a question? Always. Where's your mercury? uh in 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 pisces no it's not what yes yes because i was just okay all right see and this is where you'll this is where the the naivety of erica and i will become totally (laughs) totally come to the forefront of like here's this charade of like we know so much shit and then i like almost i'm like never mind i have no idea what i'm talking about but i was going to say because my mercury is also in pisces that Right. I know. So our communication styles, therefore, mm. theoretically, would be similar. They yes, they come. Right. And so therefore, like, as you're talking through that whole thing, because the whole time I'm thinking, yes, everything that you say, but could I ever find the words to say that? No, because all I would halfway through break down and be like, I love you so much. Like whoever I'm talking to, like, I love you. Like you're amazing. Like, I know I would turn it around to be like, how can I build that person up? Because I because I just, that's where my mind would go. And so I was like, is your mercury in something more grounding? And that's why it's easier for you to say these things. But now I'm just like, here's my mirror, Brittany. You can still do that. Yes, Don't you blame can. your mercury in Pisces. You can still figure it out. Yes. Like, it is possible. Here's your mirror, bitch. Here's <laughs> your mirror. Um, yes. I, it's so funny because anytime I've had any type of astrological reading, um, every person has made a comment that they love that my Mercury is in Pisces because of that ability to communicate spiritual and really deep things. Is that the one that Megan and I, or that you and I, Megan, when yeah. Megan did our readings that she said the same type of thing to both of us, yes. that was Mercury. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. So okay. yes. So, but, but what I would say about that, going back to the conversation about boundaries and like my ability to communicate those kinds of things, I I've learned, so my energy type is to initiate and to inform, right? Like as a manifester, I'm here to inform and you're being a generator type, you're here to respond, right? So my my strategy has always been like, I found like, especially as an eight, 
if I communicate clearly and effectively, like exactly like I'm telling people what to, ex like what, what my energy is needing or whatever this is. And it tends, sometimes it tends to go well, but I've also learned that not everybody likes to receive that kind of direct communication. Right. Mm. But for me, I'm like, Oh, I used to take that personally. And now I'm just like, Oh, those just aren't my people. Okay. Like they're just, they're just not my people. And there are some people who don't communicate back to me that way all the time, but they receive it well. Like they respect me for mm -hmm. speaking that way. So like, you don't, it's not that your communication has to be exactly, you know what I mean? Like there's a better yeah, yeah. or worse way. It's more like my, my partner, something that he has said, our entire relationship is, I know I'm not as good of a communicator as you. And I said, no, it's not that you're bad. You're actually really good at it. I just wish you did it more often. Mm. Like, I just wish, I just wish you actually spoke your truth more often. Right. And not, yeah. not many of us do because we haven't felt safe. And I think the difference is that you, you've gotten so much better at it because you've been in like a safe space to develop that more and more, you know? Yeah. And that's, it, see, this is what it's like. Every time I talk to you, I'm just like, Oh, I have so many things to think about now, but I'm also curious too because you say I'm a responder, like that's part of my makeup. I, when dealing with conflict or when dealing with stressful situations, I would rather do it through a text message. Mm. And I always have, and, and people are always like, I'd rather do this face to face. And I'm like, I wouldn't <laughs> No, because I'm going to see somebody's face. And if someone's upset, I doesn't matter what I'm going to say it's out the window. Ooh. Ooh. Like, because I'm like, I'm hurting this person. Doesn't matter what else I had to say. Like, and that's, and now I know that that's something that I've always done. And that's why I have realized that a lot of conflict, I've tried to send a text. I sent a letter to my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> like I've tried to do it in more ways that it's like not, not sitting down and having a conversation, despite the fact that I love that. And especially as an extrovert, I love facial expressions and, and getting that from people. But when I already know the energy is of conflict, Mm -hmm. I want to take that part out of it. And I want to just have it be more rational and logical to just be putting it on paper or digital paper, whatever, mm. and communicating that way, because I feel like it's the only way that I trust myself mm. to say what I need to say. Ah, uh, so, wow. That's, that's really powerful. That's a powerful realization though, Brittany, like yeah. the fact that you could be in that space and realize, well, that's why not that it was better or worse. Like and I think like, I would challenge you again to not judge yourself for saying, well, I would rather handle it in a text versus in person. Like that's less personal. No, it was more personal because it was more meaningful to you to set that boundary and that, mm -hmm. right. And that's, that doesn't make it wrong. Um, but I think, um, man, I think that when you kind of circle back to that, that idea of connecting to like confront that kind of situation and being comfortable doing it in that fashion. Like, first of all, the awareness that you had that is just crazy and amazing, but like, it, I mean, how long does it take us to get to that place? <laughs> oh my right? God. Yeah. Right? Um, but, but having, having that realization and being, being in that place to say that, like, I, I want it, this is the message that I need to get across. And this is the most important thing when normally, like if you were drawn into it otherwise, right. Like you wouldn't be able to set, set that boundary. So I think, what was I trying get, getting back to this? So like challenge, challenge you and kind of like what, what you said before, 
there wasn't, there isn't anything wrong with that kind of communication. And I think that people need to stop making themselves wrong for their style of communication. Like we just, we need to not make ourselves wrong because like, this is how I, but I, I have to understand and, 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 and weave that recycle that energy back and forth that, um, you know, maybe that Brittany would do better if we were having a harder conversation like that. I'm going to keep this in the back of my mind because I love and respect you that maybe a text message would be easier to like handle a kind of thing like that. If that's where your, your, your comfortability is like creating mm -hmm. that energetic boundary. But I think you and I have developed this again, the safety space of like being able to speak it out and not having that, right. That's right. Cause that's the other thing that I was going to say is like, not that you and I do get into conflict ever because right. you always say to me, you're like, I'm going to challenge you. And you're like, I don't know if this is too much. And I'm like, give it to me. Like I need <laughs> like more, but I was just thinking that like, if, if that ever happened, I wouldn't need you to send a text message. Mm. Mm. Like I could totally do face to face with you. Mm. So, oh. well, <laughs> you're not afraid of that mirror though. And you know, that's, I think, so another, another conversation that I think that we, we should have is like, I, we, in a previous Brittany podcast had talked about like our Enneagramness and like the common misconceptions. And I like, my list is so much longer now. And I feel like <laughs> this is just a really awesome conversation to dig into, but, um, I'm just so excited for so many more of these conversations too. I know. I'm like, I, 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 there's no part of me that should be surprised that what starts as a very like straightforward conversation, we go down these avenues, but we also find our way back. Like it all connects in having realizations, just sitting here talking on this podcast. Like we had already, spoiler alert, we had already talked about some of the extroversion feelings you know, offline. And now we finally sat down and talked about them, but we still like, I, like, we just got way further than we ever had. Mm -hmm. And I, and it just causes more and more realizations. And it's like, now, like I've said this to Erica a million times that she's my sage because she just, she says things that she doesn't always believe will have an impact. She just says her truth and that's the end of the story and, and that's fine, but she doesn't understand how for days on end, after I hear those things from her, it is just, it's a new, it's a new tool, first of all, to see things. It's an awareness and it's a light that I don't get from many other people. Oh my God. <laughs> um, I just, I, I feel like my entire life people would come to me and like, I was, I was definitely a listener and um, and I could hold space in that way. But what was interesting is I would always find that the things people would share with me that they wouldn't share with other people. I'm like, you know, what would make this situation better if you shared what you're sharing with me with that person, like, yeah, that's it. Like just share mm -hmm. this with that person. And the more I said that to them, I'm like, why are you, this is true. This is coming from a place of love, like share this with that person. And the more that I did that, I realized, especially with the people I really loved, like Brittany coming into my life, she would share these things with me. And the only thing I would do is I would just, I would, I would say, well, what I heard you say is this. And you were like, oh, I wasn't making any radical assumptions about anything. I wasn't I wasn't analyzing anything and, and, and giving you some sort of formula to like fix things or whatever. All I was doing is just listening and saying, you know what, Brittany, this is what I see from like, this is what you're telling me. This is, I am mirroring back to you. <laughs> right. And it's, and because 
exactly like most of the conversations that we have behind closed doors with other people, like there are two kinds of gossip, the kind where you're just talking shit just because you're a jerk and that's what you do. And, <laughs> but the other kind of gossip that people don't think is, is like when you're saying something about someone else, but you're, you're not saying it to the right person. Like you're saying something out of love and concern, but you're not saying it to the right person. And I would hear that in these relationships. Right. And I like, and with you, it was the exact same thing where I'm like, you're saying it out loud to me. Like you're trying to figure it out. And I'm just like, oh, you're not saying it to the right person. Like you need to, I, I just need to reflect that back to you. I'm refracting it uh, back to you. Right. And you're like, yes, <laughs> putting it together in the way that you need uh, to, I could never do that for you. You have to. And I just like, yeah. I just so love that we do that for each other. And, but that's what relationships are. That's, that's what they're about, you know? And I just can't wait to explore more of that and, and share that here and uh-huh. um, see where that goes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's going to be so good. I, I just already so excited. Um, I guess I should also say though, for anyone that's listening, Erica Greeley, because you're probably the only person that's going to listen. Um, if anyone has a topic too, that they want us to just like riff off, I guarantee you we can, <laughs> and we'll just, it'll Do be it. babbling. It will be babbling for a while, but I think we'll get to a point eventually. Okay. Um, but otherwise we'll just keep sending each other voice memos. And anytime we just said, you know, even if it's not a voice memo, that I was going to send, like, you know, if it's just one of the ones that I was cataloging, Erica said, can you promise me that if you feel like you got something out of it, can you just send it to me regardless of what the, the topic is? And so I'm going to keep doing that and we will share lots of crazy things. Um, so welcome to our voice memos. <laughs> welcome to our voice memos. <laughs> oh, I love okay. it. I'm so excited. Yay. Yay. I stopped. That's like, wow, that was so good. It just.